This is Women Authors of Achievement podcast, episode 42 with guest Maru Vinaka. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Daria Savorova, and welcome to the show. Let's talk about space tech with my guest, Maru Vinaka, who is driven by the mission to build a better world by backing up founders she truly believes in. Maru is entrepreneur and managing partner at Urania Ventures, a French-German private investment firm committed to back scientific breakthrough technology founders who strive to serve humanity for the better. Today, we speak about the importance of principles and values, how entrepreneurship embodies independence and why Europe needs to bring back courage and boldness into the startup ecosystem. Don't want to miss out on the next episode release? Well, then follow the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Welcome, Maru. I'm so delighted to have you on the podcast today, where we will explore how you back up leaders of tomorrow and also dive into the topic of space tech. Super exciting. Welcome. Thank you, Daria. Great to be here. Maru, so you grew up in a family of scientists and even built your first radio when you were six years old. Can you share more about your upbringing and a bit about yourself? Yes, of course. So I was actually born in uh, Seoul, South Korea, and moment back then I had a lot of luck because as a baby, I was found on the streets as a newborn mm -hmm. um, in this mega city. And I was found and uh, brought to an orphanage. And then three years later, my family from Germany um, found me <laughs> there and um, brought me to Germany and adopted me. So, and my father... He was a physicist, a professor for physics. For him, it was always important that I love to explore new things. So he was, I would say, an explorer. And what I learned from him was um, he always had every new technology in our home. So, for example, when I was, I think, six or seven, yeah, I already knew how to calculate math. Yeah, I just loved it. It was a normal play for me as a girl. And he told me how to code the computer language basic on cassette tape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I learned to code chess, the game chess on cassette. And then every new technology or computer which came to market, we had it. Yeah. We were the first in our village. So I grew up in the town of Hills, which is close to Frankfurt. So uh, we had it at our home. So we were the first to have internet access and early adopter family. Yeah. Very early. So this is what I learned from my father. I built radios and um, I had physics in, in, as a major in high school. And um, this is what I learned from my father. So what fascinated me always about him was that he knew, he wanted to explore complex problems and knew how to reduce them to just one single line. And for example, when we had the computers at home, he said, look, Maru, this is what we have now, but I think about how they can work faster. So he was a specialist in like semiconductors and like solid state physics. So this is what I learned from him, to, to really be not afraid of something complex, but really aiming for reducing it to just some, something simple. And then from that, that on, that's the basis where you can start to work on it mm -hmm. and, and make it better. And the other part, what I learned also, which helped me a lot for what I'm or who I'm now mm -hmm. is my mother because she 
I don't know. I don't know how she did it, but she really、um, helped me to get a lot of confidence very early as a girl because I learned、uh, what what many young kids start with, like to play music, yeah, like the flute, the piano, and I don't know how she did it. I she mastered that. I was nearly at every concert. And was playing in the first row, <laughs> but I liked it. I liked it. I always said, "Okay, when do when is there another competition?" So I really learned as a young girl to not speak up but play up in front of a lot of group of people. And the third thing I learned from my parents is to travel and explore nations and countries, which were actually not the usual travel destinations. Yeah, so. When、uh, the Berlin Wall fell, the first destination they took me was the farthest east in Russia,、oh, Siberia.、Wow. I was in Yakutsk. Really? Yeah, in summer, gladly in summer because there's the permafrost. Yeah, and so because my father said, "Look, it's not about how far or where you travel; it's about to meet people and humans, and to make human connections, understand them." Wow. This had a huge impact on me today, to really just be curious and understanding people, and be open to every kind of background and nationality. That gives me goosebumps. <laughs> I mean,、uh, thinking that your upbringing and also like your dad being a scientist, but extremely humane person and actually interested in building human relations and taking you all the way through the whole world to meet. Other people, they're living there. They're good humans, have good values, and interacting. I mean, how incredible is that? Wow! Despite growing up in a family of a scientist and also having a musical background, how come you picked nonetheless a path of entrepreneurship? Out of curiosity.、Mm-hmm. So what I learned is to be open and always curious.、Mm-hmm. And when you see the world very young, you see and learn. That there's so much to explore, and that you want to be part of, let's shaping it. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So、um, this curiosity, and just to、um, build something and start it, and just when you start it to just break it down to one simple first step, that's what I love about entrepreneurship. So there was always a one simple step, and after that follows the second one, and then you build up from there. Yes, it's exploring. I like that. So during our preparation for this episode, you mentioned that you were driving by independence, where inter- entrepreneurship is equivalent to independence. That's a very interesting thought. Can you explain this concept to me and why you believe every woman shall have an entrepreneurial mindset of independence? I mean, I would like to understand this better and your thought behind this. Yes, sure.、Um, Entrepreneurship is a mindset of pure independence to me, because you do it, you start something、mm-hmm. out of scratch, because you want to change something, and you can better change something when you become more powerful, thus more independent.、Mm-hmm. And on top of that, it also gives you financial independence. But what drives me really is that the higher your level of independence is, the higher your power level is, you. Can use this power for something better as an entrepreneur, and as an entrepreneur, you can really use it for something better. Yeah. So, and for example, when you become very wealthy, you can use this power of capital and fuel it to something better, to other entrepreneurs, to something、um, really relevant for society. So, you really have、mm. this responsibility. Independence is responsibility. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is what we drives me. And what also drives me is of entrepreneurship is that it proves that every individual can become the most powerful person. And as an entrepreneur, you should ensure that the, those gain the power who have absolute good intentions. That's an interesting thought. If you really are driven by something good, by something mm-hmm. higher for others, then you can become really independent because then you stick to your principles cool. and values and you are not distracted mm-hmm. by any other um, influence like capital influence, etc. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because as an entrepreneur, I think you often also have the role to say no and really execute your mission. And make sure that you're intrinsically motivated yeah. with your mission. A lot of people today speak about impact connected to entrepreneurship and to founders. What is impact for you, Maru? Yes, thank you for that question. I love it. So impact is your decision you do in every moment. Yeah. And also your decision of not doing a thing has impact. And I just want to say that every person creates impact either if you do something or do don't something and then you can just have to choose do you want to drive impact for something good so you do something good or do you want to drive impact for something not good so you, that which means that you do not anything or you do something bad mm-hmm. so you are the one who decides what kind of impact you want to create and it is in every single decision in your day. For example, I, I tell it to my kids, you have impact if people are happy, so you just start with being nice, yeah? And that has an impact on that other person, other person, other person. So every single person creates impact and many do not know it. 100% is just even being polite can yeah. can help someone to, to do something good during yeah. the day. It's a connected chain of uh, reactions and uh, that's that's all right. And don't be a bystander. That's that's important, I think, rule here. If you want to make impact, make something good, whether it's small or big. Right? Yes, exactly. I cannot recall the last time I have discussed with a guest on Women Authors of Achievement podcast the topic of principles and values. And I would love to know, Maru, how important are those in your life and how do you live by principles and values? Thank you so much. I think it is crucial to ha- for everyone to have a set of values and principles because that is your direction in your life, I think, or gives you direction in your life. So, for example, I think values is like your value system. So who you are, what you stand for, or where do you want to become? And principles are just helping you on the decision-making if you are in line with your values. That's super simple. And, and so that you, for example, can say no to so- someone or something. So it just, it makes life just more easier. For example, when I think about the values I strive to live by, it's maybe three or four, but very clearly it's trust, giving also the first benefit of a benefit of a doubt, um, loyalty, patience, These are, I think, basic values. Mm -hmm. And then I have the principles. I execute them. So, for example, and these principles, there's one principle which is very simple, 
when it comes to my decision making, mm -hmm. if I want to back a person or a topic, etc., it's that my decision making process is vertical and not horizontal. Mm -hmm. Horizontal means that you are influenced by the people around you that you want, for example, that they like you, etc. And vertical means that you make decisions based on what a higher level might think in the future. So, for example, when you think horizontal, you decide, okay, will this person next to me, what will that person think? And that's maybe very short-term decision. Yeah, and maybe also not a not driven by good intention. Yeah, if you think vertical, you think, okay, this decision now, what kind of impact has it um, in the future, also from from four generations after me, mm -hmm. and that makes it so much easier, also for me to decide what I'm going to do next. Eliminating, so to speak, any influences on this horizontal level that might stop you from doing that and really having that long-term focus. Exactly. Another principle I have that when it comes to networks, that I prefer talents and not titles, which means that I'm not interested in business cards or like CEO positions or where people are now. I'm interested in talent and where a talent wants to go to. So I really surround myself with young talent because that's also in line with my vertical decision-making that I have a better impact on young talent because they are unbiased. Yeah, I can hardly change high titles who are already biased, yeah? But mm -hmm. where do I want to focus my energy on and where do we have long-term impact? It's when I really focus on talent. And have those um, principles and values changed over last years? Or you always stick to those? I mean, they developed into mm -hmm. this, yeah? So um, this also comes through a lot of experience and, and also bad experiences, of course. But I think every bad experience is good to move forward to move forward and then your responsibility to create a, a value and a principle out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To move forward and not to, to, to go back. Mm -hmm. yeah? And when you speak about the networks, but also people you work with, your friends, what do you look for in other people? I look first of all in absolute good intention. I look for loyal persons. I look for people who also think and decide On a vertical level, yes. And I look for people who have absolute courage. I like edgy people. Yeah, we had this discussion before. I like people who do not aim to be liked by others, who do not have this disease to please. Yeah, who I also back people who I've known for such a long time and I also stand behind them when they have really bad moments in their life or have bad, like bad media talking bad about them. But this is what creates loyalty and long-term growth and I think value, yeah. Wow, that's uh, very strong, Maru. Thank you for sharing that. Before we speak about your latest firm, Rania Ventures, looking back onto your professional path, which is extensive, successful, 
how did you motivate yourself to move forward and also to tap into new fields? Because you have been continuously challenging yourself and exploring new topics as you grew in your um, professional path. Yes. So if I would describe myself as an entrepreneur and what I like is, I think I love to explore new boundaries, new boundaries on the technology side and also on the personal level. So for example, on the personal level, that describes a little bit how, how I am and who I am. Uh, I just started last year to participate in middle distance triathlon races. And this is a symbol, I think, how I also work. Yeah. And my mindset. It's really about moving forward, about the step-by-step -step progress, having this long-term bold goal, but finding a way mentally, um, physically, uh, work planly yeah, to, to get to this goal. And I think when I think back about when I started my first company 17 years ago, that was 2005-2006 in Berlin, I, back at that moment, I just did it because I wanted to explore how it is to start a company, yeah, and to build a product and that this product will be in shelves all over in the country. So this was the first step to exploring. Then um, the next company I did, okay, uh, I now want to explore how um, e-commerce works, yeah. It was also about exploring, so tapping into the unknown. And now with um, Urania, we are backing those who really embrace the unknown and want to build something with and out of the unknown. It's incredible when you speak about how many things you do. I mean, to mention to the listeners, your mother, entrepreneur, backing up leaders, and you're also uh, training and running for triathlon. I mean, there has to be some very secret, special source of energy that you tap into <laughs> because that's admirable. Wow. No, 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 no. It, it's, it's not a lot, actually. But I think um, this is one of my principles. I just reduce the energy just, just, just to a few focus topics. Yeah. And then it's very easy. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe with experience, but still to explore because those sound like a you know, full energy, full level commitments on a very big scale. So applause to that, Maru, and we can explore that more. But now that we know that you're a very curious woman, you're always up for a new challenge. And at the moment, you're tapping into something new for yourself. It's a space technology, sustainable aero and robotic space. Super interesting. Can you tell me how you decided to found Urania Ventures, which is a French-German private investment firm committed to back scientific breakthrough technology founders who strive to serve humanity for the better? Tell us more. Uh, first of all, I did not found it myself. Mm -hmm. it, I took it over. It's a, it's a family office of a French entrepreneur. And she asked me last year, based on the trust level we have for many years, if she can entrust me with scaling this investment firm to another level and to really structure a family office investment venture firm for, for commitments into the space tech sector. And um, I immediately said yes, because first it really matches with my, let's say, exploration-driven entrepreneurship style. Yeah, And second, what I love about the sector is really that you build something at the front of exponential technology. And this means that also the people and the founders we are backing as investors, these are 
founders who are in sync with the values we have, yeah, mm -hmm. as in the investment firm. So because deep tech founders or especially space tech founders, I mean, these are absolutely courageous people because you build something, for example, spacecraft, yeah, which maybe fly in three, four years, but you build something really strong and bold and you, you also want to explore new fields and systems and planetaries, yeah, where no person has been yet. And I think when you think back about how the world today was created, it was created by explorers. Mm -hmm. And tapping into this is being at the front of exploring new worlds. And I think it's super important that more and more also private investors step into this field to ensure that the new worlds are also um, enhanced of good leaders. And this is why we really have to keep up going into these sectors because, first of all, these are very dangerous technologies when you use them for something not good. Yeah, So it's super important that you are at the front of it, that you're a pioneer in it, that you know it, and that you are ready for it. And this is what drives me really. And the, the type of founders, I'm just amazed by them because these are the most courageous, humble leaders who are driven by absolute good intention. That's excellent. Yeah. And what do you think, what are the chances for Europe to take a leading stand in this, in space tech innovation? So, you know, I'm a very optimistic person, <laughs> yeah? So I think from the capital side, it's uh, the chances are not so high. So Europe really has to keep up on this. But I think Europe has one big talent. It's about um, partnering. Yeah, And um, when you think about like the startup ecosystem, so for example, if you combine new exponential technologies, for example, quantum and space tech or biotech, then you can really build some super powerful new technologies and scale each technology on another level. You mentioned a couple of times courage and boldness, but why do you think we need to bring courage and boldness back to Europe? Why is this important topic for you? So there are different levels, yeah? There is like courage and boldness when it comes to technologies on the founder level, personal level. I think when it comes to the technology level, if we are not courageous enough to go with these technologies we will lag behind on the long run. And that's very dangerous yeah, for my grandchildren, for example. yeah, My grandchildren in the future, so my kids are very young still. <laughs> so we need courage and courageous leaders to really lean in for these technologies to ensure that the future of these is in democratic hands. Also from the founder side, I would love to see more founders to start companies not driven by the capital and where the capital focus on. I would love to see founders who really want to invent something new and who do not build products which can be adapted on a new technology. I want founders to build the new technology where everyone else can adapt something on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this means speaking up, people will think you are crazy, but this is courage, yeah? 
And also this means also that you will not be liked. Maybe this is also courage. I just want to say that there are backers like us who will back those kind of humans. Mm. Yeah. But you spoke uh, earlier, entrepreneurship is something one can get into step by step. What if there's a person who is courageous, but they don't know yet what can exactly they build upon and they need to explore. And so they take it step at the step, but they cannot think of, wow, I have an idea, it's innovative. But they're really taking it step by step and they're growing. Do you believe in those leaders and founders as well? Or do you say that you you back up only those who are, so to speak, unique wonder kids with special skills and courage and have a solution that they want to invent immediately? So a very special and savvy founders types? I think what distinguishes the founders we are backing and of like usual, let's say tech unicorn founders is that we are backing scientists and scientists work differently. So scientists think about a problem or see something and think, okay, this can work. And the physics rules could work with this as, as well. So if their physics is not the limit, It can work. And then when you are a scientist, you are used to a lot of failures until the innovation, which is driven by research, will work. So that's a totally different approach. And I think scientists, they see something really big, but they on the way until it really, really becomes a breakthrough, you really do it step by step. It's, it's the scientific approach of mm -hmm. a lot of failures And because failure culture there is normal and is crucial for moving forward. So that's a total different mindset of innovation, I think. Maru, you always speak about yourself as someone who is backing up leaders behind the scenes. And you have also built one of the most impressive networks in Germany, in Europe, worldwide. <laughs> What are your tips on building powerful networks and why one should build those? Okay, first about the why. As I said in the beginning, I think having power is a huge responsibility. And when you have power, you are responsible where to lead this to, to which founder, to which other project, etc. And how to build it. I think when I started to build relations, I did not know the outcome. Yeah, I just built relations very early, like 25 years ago or even earlier with people I just liked yeah, and I followed them and always kept in touch because I was, I was always curious about them. And I always, I think thinking back, I always saw something in them. And I think this is also needed when you want to back founders to really see where they will go and what kind of person they can still become. Because when you back a person not only a founder, but also a friend or, or a politician or I don't know, but just a person you really like and where you see something good, you should invest time that this person moves forward, yeah, and not giving up. And this kind of loyal relationships with, with people I've been backing since 25 years, this now became quite a powerful network under the radar because these happen to be now on really influential positions globally. And of course, when I have a question or I also need support, they support me because they remember that 
I've been there for them when, yeah, they, they were just beginning. And I think this is also what leaning in means that you really give a lot of like uh, support to a person and not give up on that person until that person succeeds. And really, really be result-driven when it comes to people you believe in. Because there's a lot of talking about let's support each other, etc. But what matters is the results. So it should be let's result each other. Yeah, the actions, right? Yeah. So it's uh, So basically your network is powerful in the way that it's everyone is backing each other up. Everyone has actions and result driven to support one another. So it's purposeful and that what makes it even stronger. Correct? Yes, it's purposeful and not transactional. So what do you mean by transactional? Yeah, because um, I think the difference is, for example, that you start to back a person and just thinking about what can I get back in return. And this was not the case when I started backing someone 10 years ago or so. And that person is now um, IPOing his company. Yeah, So I don't ask any favor back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But it's loyalty always is a value. And that value can be called at a later point of time or maybe never. But it, it's actually also value just for yourself that you made a good decision. That's the right way to say it. At the end of the day, I think meeting people, exchanging with them, this is creating memories. And whether it will result into something or not, you have created something together. You have exchanged something. You've learned from one another. So that's already uh, very special. I, look, I love how we started very strategically about networks and ended very philosophically. Maru, this brings me to actually the very last question. The last question, which is a very special question because it always provides a platform to give visibility to another woman. And who would you, Maru, uh, highlight as your personal woman author of her own achievements? There's a Korean woman. Um, her name is Sungjo Kim. And she is a very successful business person. She brought the first global luxury brands to Asia, especially to Korea. And um, also she acquired the brand MCM some years ago. But that's not what impresses me about her. So, okay, she's very successful, but the way how she managed to do it is when I met her, she told me, look, she approached me because she was just curious about me because she, was, she saw, okay, you're a Korean. I want to speak with you. It was here in Germany, in Berlin. And she was super open just to get to know me. <laughs> and then I told her, okay, um, actually do not know anything about Korea. Can you tell me about Korea? And then she told her story. She said, look, in Korea, where, where she grew up, the system was very traditional that it's a no-go that young women go to study abroad. But she wanted to study abroad and her father neglected that. So she said, okay, if you go you will lose everything from your family. And she comes from quite an influential family. And she said, okay, I go there. I want to study. Mm -hmm. I, wa I want to learn. I want to study. So she went to the United States. I started from zero. And then she told me how she built that fashion empire in Asia. And that was because as a student, she worked in a big department store and, and folded sweaters. Yeah, And mm -hmm. then the colleague asked her, hey, you're from Korea. We are actually building a department store in Seoul. I mean, we do not know how to speak Korean. Would you be open to run that? 
Oh, and wow. then she immediately said yes. And from that, she found this niche and built a very large fashion empire. It's incredible. Like she just took that opportunity yeah. and just said uh, yes and just went forward with it. Wow. Yes. That's a woman to keep in mind. Thank you, Maru, for sharing her name. <laughs> Definitely a reminder to all of us that it's at the end of the day, it's our personal choice, how we approach our life and what decisions we make. And Maru, thank you so much for being in the studio, speaking about the importance of principles, values. We spoke about courage and why courage is important in the European startup ecosystem and really also exploring the space tech. I think there's so much happening and so much to learn. So thank you for sharing all the insights and for this very truthful conversation. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. We're always excited to read them. If you want to interact with us, the guests, or the podcast listeners, then head over to our Instagram page at waa.berlin. And while you're there, make sure to check our webshop. Thank you again for listening, and we're looking forward to being back soon.